We're in this series called uh, This is Jesus, and we've been talking about some of the defining characteristics of him. And I guess this kind of relates to clumsiness. One of my defining characteristics is clumsiness, so we'll throw forgetfulness in there too. Um, But we were um, setting up a few years ago at the old building for our VBS Kids Week. And as we were in there, we're, we're, you know, clock's ticking and kids are starting to like be out in, the bal- out in the lobby and it's like, oh man, it's crunch time. And there was one banner that still had to be hung. And so instead of finding a ladder, instead of finding a strong seat, I just grabbed the drum throne and said, ah, I'll just stand on this thing, you know. So I'm standing up on this thing and I'm, I'm right behind the drum set trying to hang this banner up. And the thing kicked out from underneath me and I went falling down on that set. Now I fell in rhythm, you know, it was like, you know, it was perfect, you know, but I was in a lot of pain, honestly. Like, it was one of those moments where I was like, that really hurt. And when I got up and I removed the kick pedal from my pancreas, um, everyone looked at me like, oh man, I think the drum set just killed Doug. But that's just another day in my life. That's just what I do. We were here on a Friday recently setting up, and I'm in the back of the room, and we've got kind of equipment everywhere as we're setting up. And these little base plates on the sides of the room that hold the curtains up, well, there was one of them in the middle of the room, and I was really focused. I was carrying a roll of gaffing tape, and I just wasn't focused on what I was doing. And I stepped on it, and it wasn't attached yet to the poles, and I went flying, absolutely flying. And you know how some people fall grace- gracefully? You know, it's like, oh, you fell like a ballerina, you know? Like, that's not how I fall, okay? I fall more like a WWE wrestler up on the top row, and then someone hits them with a folding chair from behind. That's how I tend to fall. And I fell so hard and fast that I threw the roll of gaffing tape so far, it took three of us several minutes to find it. Like, we were searching the room. That's how far it went. And that's just one of my defining characteristics in life. And in this series, we're really zeroing on on the defining characteristics of Jesus, saying, who is Jesus, and talking about it. So far, we've seen a couple of things about Jesus. We've seen, A, Jesus is alive. If you were wondering today, I want to let you know, he is alive. As we sang just a little while ago, he is not in that grave any longer. It is empty. He's alive, and there's tons of proof. And that's what we talked about a few weeks ago. Then last week, we talked about this incredible truth that Jesus is God. And how incredible that he's not just God, but he's God with us. He's God, the one that came and endured what we endure and walked with us. And he's walked in our shoes and he understands where we've been and what we go through. And he's the only one, by the way, that came for us. And so today I want to continue to talk about some more about Jesus, who he is. And today I want to talk about if Jesus is faithful or not. Is Jesus faithful or not? Right? When we think about faithfulness, we think about um, someone who keeps their word, right? Someone who comes through on the promises that, we've, that they've made. And as you read through the Bible, do you know what you discover? You discover God has made a lot of promises to us, right? Jesus made a lot of promises to us. And some of the promises go like this. Jesus says, God says to us, I will be your hope. I will be your joy. I will be your peace. I will give you strength. I will provide for you. I will direct you. I will do miracles. I will save you from your sin." Some of his promises go like this. You are in my hands. I promise that. I promise that my timing is perfect, right, God says. But I guess we have to look at all those, all those promises and say, well, is he faithful to all that? Like, does he follow through on those promises? Because if, if we're honest, sometimes it feels like he doesn't, right? Sometimes it feels like he forgot one of those promises. Sometimes it feels like he didn't come through, at least not in the way or the time that we had maybe hoped I mean, you know, else when we think about faithfulness, we think about words like loyal and constant and steadfast. Is Jesus those things to us? Does he actually have our back? Now, some of you guys might be able to already answer some of those questions, but there's another group of us here in the room today that would say, you know what? 
As nice as all that sounds, I have a really different problem when it comes to God being faithful or not. You see, maybe he is faithful, but my guess is he's faithful to faithful people. He's not faithful to unfaithful people. And maybe you feel today like your unfaithfulness cancels out God's faithfulness. And you're not even mad about it because you kind of just think it's what you deserve. You kind of assume to yourself, you know what, it kind of makes sense, you know? Like if you're faithful to someone, then they're faithful back to you. But often in life, when you're unfaithful to somebody, they'll stab you back too. So that must be how God acts too. And so I can't even blame him, you might say. But is that the truth today? Is Jesus unfaithful to those who are unfaithful? Is Jesus faithful at all? And this is a really important question to have figured out here. It's the difference between sleeping peacefully at night or having the weight of the world on your shoulders, knowing if Jesus is faithful or not. It's the difference between being able to kind of just have a really good laugh in a moment or forgetting what laughter sounds like because you're so fearful and stressed out. It's the difference between continuing to take steps toward Jesus in a relationship with him or giving up altogether. It's the difference between knowing that God has your back or wondering if he's even there at all, right? And so knowing if Jesus is faithful is incredibly important. And knowing if he's unfaithful to unfaithful people is even more important. And so here's what we're going to do today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we want to invite you to to take a little journey with us. We're going to dive deep into a powerful story. And then we're going to kind of skim across a couple of names that you may have heard before near the end. And so what we're going to do today is I pray and hope is, is all leave here with the same answer to the question, is Jesus faithful? And is Jesus faithful even when I'm not? So we're going to look in John chapter 11 today at a really powerful story. And if you are familiar with this story, I'm going to ask you to do something today. I'm going to ask you to kind of still listen in and walk through it with me. Because I learned some new things from this very familiar story this time around. Isn't it amazing how that happens? You read the Bible and you hear the same story, but you see something totally different. It's almost like watching a movie that you love. You've been watching a movie and you look at your friend and you go, I never saw that before. I never noticed that before. Or I never put A and B together. Wow, that's a crazy connection right? And so today I pray that you'll do that here as we look at this story in John chapter 11. And so there was this man named Lazarus and he was sick and and Jesus was really close with he and his sisters Mary and Martha. And it says this in John 11 3, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said this sickness this is huge, listen this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And so Mary and Martha send word that Lazarus, the one that Jesus loves, this great friend of Jesus, is sick. And Jesus made a huge promise here. He says, says right back to the messenger, oh, this is not going to end in death, right? Now, that's a pretty powerful promise, but will he be faithful to come through on that? Right, which leads us to all the promises he's, he's given us to be our peace, to be our joy, to be our hope, to be our savior, to be our miracle worker, to be our provider, and the one who leads us, and the one who we are in his hands, and the one whose timing is perfect. And we look at all those promises and say, will he be faithful to come through on these things? Verse 5. This is really important. Don't miss this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay, so we've established something here. Jesus loved these people. You know those people who have you on speed dial? You know those people who can text you in a heartbeat, you will drop everything, you will pick up at any moment? Like that's what we got going on here with Jesus and this family. They are so close. So we've established Jesus loves them. But look at what it says next. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, 
He stayed where he was two more days. And this is where we struggle. Jesus delayed going to rescue Lazarus. And this is where you and I struggle because we go, Jesus, if you love me, you would not delay. Why would you delay? Why would you make me look at the clock? Why would you make me count the seconds? But we just found out that Jesus loved, and because of that love, he delayed. In fact, we can read it like this. Because Jesus loved them, he delayed. And guys, i got to tell you something. Sometimes in our lives, though it doesn't feel like it, sometimes because Jesus loves you, he delays. And that's when you and I call his faithfulness into question, and we go, why doesn't it feel like the right time here, God? Why does it feel like I'm still going through this But there's something I think is so important that we understand. There are these things called divine delays. What's a divine delay? Let me define it for you. It's a delay that God has divinely and wisely put into effect for a good reason. But right here, we question God's faithfulness. We question if he knows what he's doing. We question if we're still in his hands and if his timing is still perfect and he's still the one who has our back. We question, honestly, if he's faithful. But i got to tell you something, guys. You know this, right? Jesus has never said this word in his life. Whoops. Right? Never once in his life. This is what you and I say when we drop an egg. It's what we say when we didn't pay the bill or we slightly bump the car in front of us or we talk about Endgame and our friend didn't hear it, see it in there. But they deserve it at this point if they didn't see it, all right? Okay? Come on. I'll tell you the ending right now, okay? But I'll tell you what. Jesus has never said whoops, Right? Jesus never made a mistake. Jesus did not stay there because he didn't know what was going on and wasn't aware of the timing. He didn't know how serious the situation was. No, because Jesus loved them, he delayed. In other words, he wanted to do something that was only possible, ready? Only possible if he delayed, if he waited. You know what? This is true for you and I, too. Sometimes Jesus wants to do something amazing, but it's not on our timetable, you know? And he doesn't feel faithful right there. And now you know the end of, of, of the story I'm about to tell, because I just told it to you a few minutes ago. But I need you to back up with me a little bit, right? So we're supposed to close on the property on Tuesday, right? So Pastor Ravone and I and, and some of our staff, we head to the property, we do the walkthrough, and, and all goes pretty well. And then we head to the closing, and Pastor Ramon and I are sitting at this table, and all right, you know, there's lots of people, lots of paperwork. There's lots of poor guys signing his life away on all these papers, you know, like signing all day long, and, and the, the owner of the property's there, and everything's going all right. Then it's like taking a little bit longer, and then a little longer, and then suddenly we begin to hear, like, oh, this wasn't done by, you know, the other, the other side, the other team didn't do this, and they didn't have that ready, and, and oh, wait, this wasn't paid yet, and how, and all of a sudden we're deciding, finding out that though our side, we're ready to roll, the other side, we got some issues. And I, I, I take a walk out to the bathroom, and I'm still in a pretty good mood, just imagining, man, we're going to go to the property tonight, it's going to be so great. And as I come out of the bathroom, my lawyer meets me outside, and she says, um, we're not closing today. Like, what? We're not closing today? Come on, we've got to figure this out. Like, do something, you know? We're paying you a lot of money. Like, figure this out, right? And so we go back in. She goes, I'll do my best, but I don't see it happening. And she was right. Went through the rest of the afternoon, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and I'm looking at my watch, and I was supposed to be somewhere at like 6 I didn't leave the lawyer's office, until, I think, until it was about 6.30. And we had waited all afternoon for certain things to come through that didn't come through. And so we were told, okay, this is what has to happen. We have to figure out this with, with their lawyers, and then the, the bank has to do that. And, and so I wake up the next morning thinking, all right, great. So, you know, maybe by 9 we'll have this figured out. You know, 9.01 at the latest, right? And so we go to the pastor's house where 
We used to meet in his basement. That was our luxurious office. I so appreciate these guys opening their home to us like that. And so we, we take all our stuff out and we pack up all of our cars and we're thinking we're going to get the call any second, right? And we go to lunch and I'm waiting and waiting and I'm texting the lawyer and I'm calling this person and that person and after lunch, we're all looking at each other going, we got nowhere to go right now. Like, what are we going to do? And so we all just went our separate ways and I'm just waiting for this call and, and I'm starting to get nervous. We're starting to get nervous. What's going on? How long is this going to drag out? And so I, instead of writing these words that I'm telling you right now from our beautiful property on a 68-degree day sitting in the gazebo next to the flowers where it's very inspirational, I wrote this in Starbucks drinking a water because I don't even like coffee. <laughs> and I was waiting. And I had written this message a while back, and, and as I got to, to this section, I couldn't help but laugh as I'm talking about a divine delay. And I'm talking about the times we have to wait. And at times we wonder if God's faithful and is he going to come through on this really huge, big thing. And, and just a few minutes after I finished writing this paragraph that I'm speaking right now, I got the email. We closed. And we celebrated. And we were reminded, once again, that God is faithful, but sometimes there are divine delays. It goes on in verse 7. And then he said to his disciples, so he had delayed. He had waited. But then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. I got to tell you, if I was Jesus, this was one of those moments I'm tempted to just give up on humanity. Guys, he is not sleeping. He is dead, right? One little Thanos snap, you're all gone, right? Okay. And I got to tell you, man, Jesus had such patience. And then he, it says this, so they told him plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, here's what we have to wonder. I have to wonder if the disciples, if there was anything in them that in that moment wanted to say, but you, you said this wasn't going to end in death, Jesus. What do you mean he's dead? See, see, but you said, Jesus, he was going to live. I have to wonder if there was something that in them, because I know that's in you and me. I know that we love to kind of get past this, this moment. We almost had drawn a line in the sand and said, okay, uh, this is happening before before we cross this line, God's going to come through. And then and we kind of cross the line. And it's like, okay, the questioning now starts to start and starts to begin in our heart. And, and I know sometimes we're standing on the other side of the line and we're going, but, but you said, but you said. Here's what I want to tell you. Here, if I could just encourage you for a minute. It's in those moments you and I need to learn something. We need to learn to drop that first word. See, when you and I are waiting and we're in the middle of the, of the divine delay, I would just ask you, don't say to God, but you said. Instead, drop that first word and just say, you said, God. You said, because here's why. When you and I say, but you said, we're arguing. We're questioning the faithfulness of God. But if you and I drop that first word and we just say, you said, God, and I know you're faithful. It's almost like we have to just not really remind him because he, he knows he's got it, but we remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God in these moments. And so I would encourage you, if you're in the middle of a divine delay today and you're wondering if God is faithful, don't ask him. Don't ask him, are you still faithful? Don't say, but you said. Instead say, God, you said, and so I know because you said it, you are faithful. It goes on. Verse 15. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Think about that for a second. Jesus says, um, we could have gone before Lazarus died and I could have done something great then, absolutely. But I am so glad for your sake that I was not there then. 
Because, man, something crazy is about to happen. And your faith is about to go through the roof. If I had been there, you would have missed out. And that tells me something, guys. It's got to tell you something about your life, too. Divine delays develop deeper faith. And so if you're waiting for something right now, which probably we all are in the room on something, if you're trying to trust, if you're trying to still hang on to God, if you're trying to still believe that Jesus is going to do what he said he was going to do, I would just encourage you to hang on in that space and to know that this is going to work for good and that he is developing in you this deeper faith in the midst of this divine delay. Guys, I hate to wait. I love to get going. My dad always used to call me his two-footed jumper. In other words, if I'm on the edge of the pool, I wasn't the guy dipping my toe in. I was the guy jumping in both feet. And that's how I am in all of life. And so I like to get stuff done and get moving. But sometimes God's just got to slow down a little bit for that divine delay so that our faith can actually grow. Our faith can grow deeper. And then Jesus says, and this is so important because if we don't get this next part, we're going to lose hope. But look at what it says next. But let us go to him. Can I tell you something today? Jesus is the one that keeps on coming back. Jesus is the one that keeps on coming back to you and to me. Some of you are here today. I'm convinced you are here today, man. Your mom dragged you to church. Your wife dragged you to church so you could hear me say these words. God isn't finished with you yet. He hasn't given up on you yet. There is a purpose. He's got amazing things for you. And you have believed that your unfaithfulness has canceled out his faithfulness. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is the one who keeps on coming back. He keeps on pursuing. He keeps on running after you and me to draw us to himself. He's pursuing you today. And maybe you've been pushing him away because you thought you were so unfaithful. Or maybe you've just been pushing him away because you honestly just weren't really interested. I pray today you'll see this amazing Savior who chases you and I down in love. And then, in the next part, after Jesus says, let's go to him, we get to hear from one of the great optimists throughout history. Look at what it says next in verse 16. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate the vote of confidence in the master plan, bro. I'm telling you, one little Thanos snap. That's all it is. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Guys, can we just be Mary and Martha for a minute? Can we just think about how they must have been questioning the faithfulness of God? You let our brother die. We sent you word. The messenger came back and told us this would not end in death. Jesus, this ended in death. It's been days where... Have you been? In fact, look at what Mar uh, Martha says. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. She ran out. She was not just staying back in the home. Mary stayed back. But Martha ran out and said, Lord, if you had been here, you want to talk about words that cut your heart. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. And this is where we struggle too, right? And we can't fault Martha Right? This is her response to a tragic situation from, from her viewpoint. Right, But what we can learn from this is something really important. We get ourselves into trouble when we confuse what Jesus promised to do with what we wanted him to do. Right? You see, Jesus didn't promise Lazarus would never die. He just promised it wouldn't end in death. And sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. And some of you have given up on your relationship with Jesus altogether because you thought he promised you something that maybe he actually never promised you. 
And when then it didn't follow through, you said, see, this is what I get for following Jesus. But we get ourselves in trouble when we, when we misunderstand this here. And so what did Jesus actually promise? That's what Martha's got to zero in on in the middle of this. Because sometimes we lash out at God and say, God, you could have prevented, you could have stopped, you could have done, I thought you said. But what did Jesus really say? And though Martha started there, I love what she said next, still full of faith. She says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And I love this. If you're not a follower of Jesus, pay attention for a minute. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, oh, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anybody else's kids turn anything that's set around into that whole thing? Like, I need a paper towel. You are a paper towel. Anybody's kids do that, right? Like, like, what does that mean? I don't know. Help me here, right? But I love, Jesus just did that. Oh, he's coming back at the resurrection. Oh, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, if you're not a follower of Jesus, hear this, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you're Messiah, the Son of God who's come into the world. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope you just picked up on what Jesus said there. Let's just leave Lazarus out of this for a second. He was saying, if you put your trust in me, if you call on me to be your Savior, hey, we're all going to die someday, but I'll tell you what, I have come to purchase eternal life for you. I've come to forgive you of all your sin, to remove your sin and shame. Even in your unfaithfulness, I've come to continue to be the one that keeps coming back to you and to make you mine. And I would pray that more than anything you hear me say today, you would hear this amazing news about a Savior who loves you so much that he was willing to die in your place, to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But having said all that, when Jesus said Lazarus would rise again, he wasn't talking about that. He was saying, uh, Martha, we're on the, on the verge of an incredible miracle here. And now we switch to Mary's interactions with Jesus, similar when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, same thing. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, guys, hear this. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along her, uh, with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Guys, if you think God doesn't care what you're going through today, please hear this. Where have you laid them, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then Jesus wept. If you're wondering if Jesus cares about the stuff we care about, if you're wondering if his heart breaks as your heart breaks, he does. We could do a whole part of this series called Jesus is Compassionate. And he sees people that he loves weeping, and he feels the loss of Lazarus, his great friend that he loved, and he weeps. And you know what? There's a part of me that wonders if he's also weeping because this is our daily experience in life. I almost wonder if, if he's zooming out a little bit. And yes, he's weeping over that specific situation, but he also knows this is what we all go through. We all endure loss. We all endure pain. We all weep at times, right? And Jesus is compassionate, and he is here weeping along with them, but he also weeps along with you and me. And then verse 36, Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Again, this is God's faithfulness coming under question, right? Verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a, a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Ready? This is you and me. Come on. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Isn't this you and I? Isn't this our response, right? 
I mean, she's being real. Lazarus stinks right now, right? But one of the things I love about Jesus is he sees through a different lens. Martha sees death and Jesus sees life, right? And I think you and I, if we're honest, we have to recognize that God looks at us through that same lens and he sees things in us that he wants to bring back from the dead that we thought and believed have been dead and way gone for far too long to ever come back. And you know what's funny about you and I? We look at him and we warn him not to mess with that area of our life, right? Oh Jesus, my marriage stinks right now. You don't want to mess with that. Oh, Jesus, my anxiety and depression, you don't even want to go there, Lord. That area of my life's ripe right now. That addiction, Jesus, no way you want to go near, near that with a 10-foot pole. And Jesus looks at you and I and sees, no, I want to bring life. I want to bring life. You see death, you feel death, you smell death. I want to bring this thing back from the dead. Verse 40, then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And you got to believe people are wondering right now what kind of freak show they're going to see, man. Like either this horrific smell is going to come out of that tomb or some guy's about to jump out all wrapped up like a mummy. What's about to happen? Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. And this drives home what we talked about last week, that Jesus is God. He had this purposeful, out loud conversation with his father so you and I would know that this was God in the flesh about to do this miracle. In verse 43, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And I love that. Pastor Ravona always used to say, if he didn't say Lazarus, all the dead people would have come out of the tomb. (laughs) The dead men came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Promise made promise delivered faithful savior which means he's going to be faithful to raise your peace back from the dead to raise your joy back from the dead these are promises he's given us guys don't mistake this he's promised to be your peace he's promised to be your joy he's promised to raise your hope back from the dead He's promised to work miracles in our lives. Maybe not in all the ways we want, at all the times we want. But if you and I go through our lives and we don't see a miracle of God, we've missed some of his faithfulness because he's faithful to come through on that. He's promised to provide for you. He's promised that you are in his hands. He has promised to remove your and my sin. He's promised that we perfectly are walking in his timing as we look to him and trust him as he leads us forward. He has promised those things to us. And this is a God ready to raise those areas of our lives back from the dead. But some of you have tuned me out for this message because you just know how unfaithful you have been recently. You know that your unfaithfulness has to cancel out God's faithfulness, right? Well, the great news I have for you today is that this Bible that we're reading from today, this Bible from cover to cover with no exception, except Jesus himself, is full of failures, is full of people who have messed up, is full of unfaithful people who never deserve anything from God. And let's talk about Sarah for a second. Remember her? God told her, hey, even though you're old and aging, I'm going to give you a child, and she laughed. But God didn't let that unfaithfulness cancel out his faithfulness. The child still came. And let's talk about Moses, who was approached by God, 
but not, 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 not before he, he murdered somebody, and not before he ran away into the desert and was a shepherd slash refugee, or, or, or I guess someone really that was hiding, trying to hide his life from people that were pursuing him. And then when God did show up and say, hey, guess what, here's what I want to do through you, he, he said, no, no, I'm, I don't think I'm your man. But God still delivered the Israelites through him. Let's talk about that guy, David, who, by the way, was this man after God's own heart, and yet then he slept with someone who wasn't his wife. In fact, she was married to someone else, and then he had... The, the husband of this woman killed to cover up a pregnancy. And man, it was like, man, daytime TV right there. I mean, that doesn't get any uglier than that. But how faithful was God still to his boy David, right? And then we talk about this guy, Peter, who denied Jesus over and over again and started cursing, started saying words I can't use in church, right? Or never use, really. You know, I, I right? No, I really, I really try not to, you know. Like, just, just can't say him here, guys. But man, he literally did. He cursed and started to swear and use language that was so filthy that the people around him would know he wasn't one of Jesus' followers. Like that was his point for doing it. And yet, Jesus, after he's crucified and he rises back from the dead and Peter's got back to his own way of life and figured my unfaithfulness canceled out his faithfulness, Jesus, Jesus comes back. Jesus literally comes back, right? He literally goes and finds Peter and he cooks him breakfast and he says to him, if you love me, that's what counts. If you love me, yes, you've been unfaithful to me, but watch me be faithful to you. Watch me come back for you. Because Jesus is the one that keeps on coming back. Guys, I hope today you're hearing loud and clear, this, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus is faithful. He's faithful to come through on his promises. He's faithful to raise things back from the dead. He is faithful to the unfaithful. And his heart for you today is to know him and be close to him and walk near him and allow you to be all the things that he has promised to be. And I have only scratched the surface of the things he's promised to be to you and I here today. But Jesus is the one that keeps on coming back, whether it's to fulfill the promise that he's made, to raise something back to life, or to continue to show you and I that he still wants us even though we've been unfaithful to him. So what I want to ask you to do today is trust him to be faithful. Trust him to come through on his promises. Trust him to have your back even when you don't have his. And so don't say, but you said, God, in the midst of the struggle. No, instead say, you said. And you are faithful. Don't fight the divine delays. Let divine delays develop deeper faith. Hang in there. It's hard. It stinks sometimes. Hang in there. Let some people who love Jesus and love you come around you. And lift your arms up, so to speak, and help carry you through some of that struggle. Don't confuse what Jesus promised to do with what you want him to do, right? Really seek him on that. God, what did you say? What did you promise? Because I want in on all of that. And I don't want to get a hard heart towards you because I thought you promised one thing when you really promised another. Guys, remember Jesus' compassion. If you weep today, can you just picture Jesus by the grave of Lazarus? Weep along with his loved ones. If you weep today, he weeps with you. And he understands your pain. And remember that he sees things in you that he wants to raise back from the dead that you never thought were coming back to life again. And if you've been unfaithful, Jesus is the one who keeps on coming back. Don't use it as an excuse. None of us would climb up on this roof after church today and jump off because we believe Jesus will be faithful to catch us, right? That'd be foolish. But some of us are throwing our lives down deadly paths 
because we believe, ah, Jesus, be faithful, he'll just clean up the mess, right? There's still consequences in our lives. But when we are unfaithful, he, yes, he is still so faithful. Jesus is the one who keeps on coming back. And as we trust him, we will discover he is our peace and our joy and our hope and our miracle worker and our provider and the one whose hands we are in and the savior of the world, the one who takes away our sin. He is the faithful one. There was a movie made several years ago called Hacksaw Ridge. It was about a man named Desmond Doss, a true story about a man who enlisted as a combat, a combat medic, which meant he wasn't the guy that they brought the, the wounded soldiers back to in the tent. He was the guy in the middle of the combat that was out there trying to heal and save lives and, and put body parts back together. Incredibly, incredibly uh, dangerous position to be. And he was a strong Christian, and when he enlisted, a lot of people gave him a really hard time for his convictions and his beliefs. And his commanding officer actually tried to get him transferred. And Doss would go right back and say, don't ever doubt my courage because I will be on that battlefield right next to you saving your life. And in 1945, Doss's company climbed this steep, jagged cliff. And at the top were thousands of heavily armed soldiers from the other other opposing army. And the terrain was treacherous. It was a nightmare. It was the last place any of you or I would ever want to be. And there was all sorts of gunfire and explosions taking place everywhere. And he was crawling on the ground from wounded soldier to wounded soldier and mending them and trying to do all he could. But there were certain people that were so bad off that he would literally drag them back to that cliff that they climbed up and he would tie a rope around them and he would lower them down to all the rest of the medics that wanted nowhere near what he was going through. They were all down on the ground, safe, bringing the, bringing the soldiers back to the base, and he was up there, and he just kept going back from person to person, and he kept praying, oh God, just give me one more, just give me one more, let me save one more. And as he went through that, one, another soldier said, it's as if God had his hand on Doss's shoulder. And though the battle continued and he was the only medic up there and the people literally at times would tell him, just leave me to die. He saved 75 men that day. 75. Including that captain that tried to have him transferred. And that captain said, he's one of the bravest people alive. To have him end up saving my life is the irony of the whole thing. Guys, Desmond Doss is the one that kept on coming back. Desmond Doss kept his promise that I'll be the one out there on that field with you saving your life. He's the one that saved countless lives. He's the one that ran back to those who had been unfaithful to him, who had mocked him, who had tried to get him transferred. He's the one that saved 75 people that day. And Jesus is the one, guys, who keeps on coming back. He's the one who's faithful to his promise that he will be by our side, even in the midst of the battle. He's the one who crawls to you and me in the midst of our weakest and lowest moments and mends us and brings us back for salvation, right? He's the one who keeps on crawling back to the ones who mocked him and the ones who lived a certain way that would make us all think, man, he's never coming back for me. We are sometimes even the ones that, like Doss's friends out on that field, that they say, just leave me to die. Jesus keeps coming back because Jesus is faithful. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that you are the faithful Savior, that you are the one that does not allow our unfaithfulness to cancel out your faithfulness. You are the one 
who looks in our lives and see things you want to resurrect today, God, things that we've given up on, things that we can't imagine you want anything to do with, things that stink, things that are foul, things that are gross and disgusting and no one else wants to go near. God, you're the one who wants to go and make all the difference. So we thank you. If you're a follower of Jesus, are you in the midst of a divine delay? Do you need to say, oh Jesus, you said, and so you will be faithful. You need to drop that first word. You need to have a conversation. God, I've been, if I'm honest, I've been saying a lot lately, but you said, and a lot of arguing, but, but God, today, I just, I just, I'm going to trust. Are you recognizing today that there's this deeper faith God's trying to create in you and me? Maybe today you need to remember his compassion. Maybe today you need to allow him to see deep into those areas of your life that you've imagined are completely dead and they might as well be buried in a tomb. But he looks and says, no, I want to bring that back to life. Maybe today would you invite him into that? Oh, Jesus, I believe I'll never have peace again. Jesus, I believe that I will never have hope for my marriage again. Jesus, I believe that I will never be free of this struggle or this addiction. But Jesus, raise the dead today. Raise the dead today, God, in my life. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I just encourage you to pray with me now, something like this, just quietly. Jesus, thank you so much that you've come to be my savior, that you're the one that keeps coming back, that you're the one who is faithful and loyal steadfast. And I thank you, you haven't let my unfaithfulness cancel out your faithfulness. Jesus, show me how real you are. Show me what it means to follow you. Just before we open our eyes today, if you pray that for the first time today, don't feel pressured to do this, but I would love for you to just look me in the eyes real quick so that I could be praying for you this week. So I'll just kind of slowly look around the room here. And if somebody prayed that for the first time, awesome. Anybody else? That's awesome. I see you guys over there here in the center section, in the back. Just a quick look. Awesome. Yeah, I see you. Thank you, God. Yes. Yeah, I see you. Awesome. That's great. Anybody over here on the right side of the room? First time today. God, we thank you so much. And Jesus, we ask you will do huge, huge things in each and every one of these lives today. Thank you for your faithfulness in your name.